Hello there, beautiful people of the universe. Welcome to episode 27 of Shine Brighter with Liz, a podcast on personal growth and lifestyle development. We are currently in season two of Shine Brighter with Liz, and in season two, I am having conversations with people that I find to be lighthouses, light sources in this world, and really just emanating positivity into the world. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. I hope that you are feeling motivated. I don't know how you found my podcast, but I'm so glad that you did. I have a very exciting episode for you guys today with my friend, Mylene Galienes. Mylene Galienes is an award-winning filmmaker, actress, and producer. She was born in Cuba and raised in Miami, Florida, where she began her career in writing, directing, and acting for theater. She later moved to Los Angeles, California, where she started filmmaking. Mylene has written, directed, and produced several films and has worked on other multicultural projects. She is the founder of the Latino Filmmakers Network, which made its debut in 2015 Sundance Film Festival. She has been a huge advocate for diversity in the entertainment industry for many years. She is a part of the Diversity in Cons Judging Committee and produces the new normal reading series in Hollywood that supports diverse storytellers. The reason, you guys, I wanted to have her on my podcast is because she's constantly sharing positivity on social media, but she's also making a huge impact in the Latino community, really creating space and a voice to really allow these stories to be told. So without further ado, you guys, this is my conversation with my Nian. Okay, we're recording. Thank you so Yay. much for Yay, I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on my podcast. Um, I've heard great things about you, so I'm just excited to dive in deep and chat with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on here. Yeah, absolutely. So with all of my guests, the first thing I always say is let's start from the beginning. The beginning because it's just understanding where you came from. What were you like as a kid? What did you want to be when you grew up? And what has that journey been from where you are now to where you were then? I feel like I've been in this industry since I was born. <laughs> um, you know, when I was a child, I was very much involved in the arts, not only in dancing and singing, um, you know, flamenco dancing, a painting, uh, music acting, theater, you know, um, my mom always kept me very involved after school. Uh, she always also took me to the library uh, uh, because I was born in Cuba and raised in Miami. So right. pretty much, you know, my English was learned here in the United States and um, going to the library and reading books and going to the story time at the library, you know, um, like listening to stories and all that stuff. And just being lost as a child in the world of, of stories and fantasies. I, I've always been that child, you know. Um, and, you know, I have a little brother who's, who's taller than me. So he looks like my older brother. <laughs> <laughs> he acts like my older brother, too. But when we were young, I would always kind of like, he's not in the entertainment industry, but he knows about the entertainment industry and he knows how it works, knows how theater works and all that stuff because of me. Uh, because when we were both young, I would make him part of my world. Like right. I would always be like, okay, it's time for a choreography. <laughs> and and we would, I would make him dance and like, you know, do a little choreography to like some of the latest pop song, you know, that's out there or musical song or, or we would play like teacher, you know, like I wanted to be a teacher when I was little. Yeah. Uh, so he was my student and all my other dolls were my students too. And since he was the only one that actually could talk, he'd have to make sure that he like 
you know when we go through roll call he'd be like oh here so I had very creative names for all of my other students uh, my brother's name is Eddie so um, my other students one um, one of them was mini haha <laughs> the other one was Dorito you know like the Dorito chip uh, the other one was Kaka you know oh, so like God. very creative names that he had to like make sure he said through through the roll call he had to make sure that he said um, you know, here, but in different voices, you know, so, <laughs> so, you know, we make sure that all those students were there, right? So we played a lot of pretend when, when I was little, you know, I mean, we just escaped into that fantasy world. I was the little girl also, and I don't even know if hopefully kids won't hear this, but like when I was little for a very, very long time, and, and I got bullied and everything because I believed in Santa Claus for oh. a very long time. How long? Know? Like, uh, until I, probably like um, sixth, okay. seventh grade. Oh, grade. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Grade. Because to me, that was like exciting, you know, going through Christmas with Santa and, and knowing that he was coming to bring me gifts and again the fantasy world I had to and since I was bullied so badly and so hard I had to actually interrogate my mom kept it like she kept it the same like no no right. it's Santa Claus but I had to like interrogate my dad and be like <laughs> okay can you please please tell me the truth oh and it was God. hard but finally it's like you know just because I'm like how is it that I'm believing in this and and, and, <laughs> and then everybody else is making fun of me but I'm just like you know I've always been stuck in the storytelling you know fantasy world and 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 I think it's great to be a kid and I think that all kids should be kids you know like like when you're in first grade you're a kid when you're in elementary school you're a kid be a kid play you know have those you know you know have your friend your invisible friends if you want to you know or or believe in santa claus play with toys you know create you know do art don't shouldn't be thinking so much as an adult uh, you know um at such a young age the adults are there to guide us you know right. hopefully they do a great job guiding us but it's 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 okay to be a kid you know and and not have other kids pull you away from that kid world you know right. um so yeah but other than that like all my life you know I would always um put performances together even for my parents and make my and, and drag my brother along you know since we were uh small children and you know I'm an entertainer I, I consider myself an entertainer but I, I would also remember when I was little you know, people would ask me, oh, you know, I, I wanted to be a teacher. I have a lot of those teacher qualities because I did start teaching theater and dancing and all that stuff when I was very young myself at the age of 16 when I could get a job. So my job was always in the arts too. Mm -hmm. So my life in Miami was always very as active as my life here in LA because pretty much I would go to school and then after school, I would go to the Day County Public School Systems or to a performing arts academy, and I would teach theater, dance, modeling, art, whatever, you know. And then after that, I would have a rehearsal for a theater uh, show in Miami, you know, to be part of a, a theater show. Plus, at the same time, in high school, my freshman year in high school, I decided that I wanted to um, join the drama team, and it was a very competitive a team to join 
uh, and you were pretty much competing with fresh, you know, with everybody. It was freshmen, uh, sophomores, juniors, seniors, and they only selected a small group to be part of these drama teams. Pretty much if you got into the drama team, uh, you would be traveling and you would be performing and, and going to all these drama tournaments. And my freshman year in high school, I auditioned and I made it in. And probably one of my, my most happiest memories in my life was uh, seeing one of those drama students walking into the health class. I remember it was the health class and putting the little drama faces around my, wow. my neck. And that was like, oh, I think about it. I, I, like, I get teary eyed, yeah. you know, because, you know, oh, yeah. it's yeah. just like, I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, um, taking it yeah. back, taking it back to those moments that really define yeah i love so you know i spent all my four years of high school um uh in drama tournaments competing in drama tournaments like uh, on uh, mostly weekends and stuff you know uh, all over the states going to to boston to harvard university i remember my senior year in high school i was one out of two in my high school that made it to nationals you know, so we went, the school paid for the whole trip and, and we made it to uh, Maryland. That year was in Townsend University where we had to compete and we went to Washington, D.C. and all that stuff. So, you know, I pretty much had this inside of me for a long time. And I remember also when I was a little girl, you know, people asking me, oh, what are you going to do? Whatever. Also, like, you know, pe people, uh, I'm sure people already knew I was the entertainer type, but I would always say, oh, I'm also going to be, I'm also going to be a producer, you know, I'm going to produce mm -hmm. stuff just to make it a little bit more legit, you know, right. because sometimes the, you know, people think, oh, an artist, you know, how are you going to make money? <laughs> you know? Right, gonna, of course. You know, it's, it's such a hard career and, and growing up in our community, you know, it's like, okay, how are you going to survive, Right. So um, I, I would always also say, oh, I'm going to be a producer. But then like, you know, in high school, it, it's really hard because I didn't also it, like, you know, growing up in Miami, you're not, you're not also surrounded by people that pursue these type of things regularly. So I was kind of like all by myself with my thoughts and with this, and I didn't really get good counseling even you know, in high school, like someone telling me, oh, this is what you need to do. These are the steps you need to take. I kind of had to figure it out on my own. And then, so I was thinking, okay, well, maybe I should just choose a career that, that like when I go to college that pays money, um, but then always keep the acting and the entertainment and, and all that stuff, you know, keep doing that as a hobby or whatever, you know? And then I remember that my senior year, when I made it to nationals, I was having an intimate one-to-one -one conversation with uh, the drama teacher from uh, my high school, who was a very stern and always like, I always had a lot of respect for that woman. You know, she was very like stern. She was very educated. You know, she was always reading a book, you know, and, and I always had a lot of respect. I was even scared of her, you know, because I'm yeah. like, you know, like those people that like make you, okay, you have to get good grades to be part of this thing. You have to like do this. You have to do that, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, she asked me, so what, what are your plans? What are you planning on doing? Um, I, and then I told her, well, I guess, you know, I'll probably go to school to like study you know, I don't know, medicine or something that makes money, you know, and then I like, continue. And she was the one that told me, no, you have to continue in this path. You have to continue doing what you're doing. And that, that was like, oh, okay, wow. Okay. This coming from her, you know, I'm like, okay. So, so then, you know, I kind of started doing research. Okay. So, but, but then like, where do I go now? What do I do? I mean, you know, I, I, I was, I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what to do, like for college, like, what do you do? 
you know, when you want to do what I'm trying to do, you know. Uh, so I ended up going to Miami-Dade Wilson campus uh, to kind of, while I was figuring it out and traveling to New York and Chicago and all that stuff and to different places, like trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to do? Because I didn't really see a lot of movement even in Miami, right? Yeah. Um, so one time I saw a, a, something posted at the, at the college that said that there were these media classes at UCLA in Los Angeles, California. I'm like, hmm, this, and it like something inside of me, you know, was like, oh my God, I have to go for this. This is so really, this is so cool. Like I have to, I have to go check this out. This, this will take me to Los Angeles, California and see what that's about. Because, you know, growing up and going to the movies, I loved going to the movies and watching TV. I love TV and, and all that stuff, you know, um, and people would always talk about Los Angeles, California. That's where they make movies. That's where they make TV, you know, and, and I knew nothing about that world. I, you know, I come from the world of theater, right? Um, so, so I went to the, I, so I decided to do that. I ended up come, uh, use, those UCLA classes uh, brought me to Los Angeles, California. And, and, and he, I stayed in a dorm at UCLA and I, as I was taking these courses and kind of like, it was such a really cool experience because I, there I got to meet, um, other people like me from all over um, the United States. And um, I, I got to learn about Hollywood history. I love history and I love Hollywood history. And I kind of, they took us to movie studios to kind of understand how that worked. And I had so many questions about how it did work to make a, a movie and a TV show because it would just, it looks simple when you watch it, but it's very a, a very complicated process. And, and, and I knew it was complicated, even though I didn't know, because I didn't know how it worked, right? But we had important people come and talk to us, producers. At that time, it was A.C. Lyles, who was like the head of Paramount uh, Studios. And we had Luke Perry came and talked to us from 90210. I was a very big 90210 fan. So for me, like Luke Perry was like, oh my God. Yeah. So it was really sad to, you know, when, when he was to hear him pass away. And although I, you know, I had that experience with him. I didn't know him personally, but all I would hear uh, from people was that he was a humble, down to earth, good human being and, and stuff like that. So that was really sad. Uh, so, so, you know, just being in that environment and, and taking in everything, like, I was like, wow, I need to learn, I need to know more about this. I need to see, you know, what's, ha what's happening here in, in, in Hollywood. So, so that was already part of a deciding factor of me coming to Los Angeles. The other deciding factor was the weather. <laughs> the weather, because, you know, we grew up in Miami, you know, it's nice, sunny, sometimes rain, hot and humid. Now, let me tell you something. I come to LA and the deciding factor was that my hair looked great in Los Angeles. <laughs> and that is when I'm like, no wonder they make movies out here, man. All, that's why all, all the, you know, the hair, actresses' hair, their, their, hair looks, their, their hair looks great all the time because... Because not in so Miami. You know, I would go like, you know, when I would live in Miami, I would, you know, make you know do myself up to go to clubs and all that stuff just a couple of minutes in it'll be like poof that's it you know, the, the humidity will just like you know poof it up right but here in LA it's like woo, wow you know <laughs> it could stay like looking pretty all the time <laughs> so so yeah the weather and you know um just the whole Hollywood magic of it all you know the industry and stuff so 
that's when I, I, I stayed in touch with a, a girl that I met here in Los Angeles that went through the same pro- program that um, actually studied filmmaking and she's from Boston and mm-hmm. her and I stayed in touch. And then one day she's like, Hey, I'm moving to LA. And I'm like, okay, well, I have to do this. Like, you know, I have, I really don't have, I didn't have, I, I don't have a, I didn't have really have a support system in Miami. Someone telling, you know, telling me, right. you know, so I just had to make it, I had to make my own decision and decisions in that case. Cause it's like nobody, you know, my parents are not in the entertainment industry. Nobody's that I knew is in the entertainment industry. So it's like, I have to figure it out on my own, you know? Right. So one day I just told my parents that this is what I was going to do. I was just going to come to Los Angeles, you know, and, and, and see what was out here, figure it out and all that stuff. I did take another trip prior with my brother to come check it out again. And we also, we stayed by UCLA, you know, and all that stuff. And I decided, well, if I go to school, UCLA, I, I love UCLA. Maybe, you know, I become a resident and go to UCLA or whatever, you know, you know, I, I didn't have it all put together, but I worked hard in Miami since the age of 16. So I had money saved up, you know, and I used that money, um, to, to come out here and you know I, I packed up a few of my belongings and I drove cross country uh, here to Los Angeles California um, you know uh, what could take a three-day uh, trip in a car if you're just like driving nonstop became three weeks oh, wow. <laughs> because I'm like you know what I'm gonna take a do a trip out of it but my other passion is traveling and and getting to know, you know, places and people and culture and all that stuff. So, you know, I got to explore all of Florida and, you know, go through a little bit of that, um, of Georgia and, 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 you know, just go all the way through to, to Los Angeles. Right. Um, so, so it was a very cool trip. Um, I don't know if I'll do it again, but (laughs) it was a very cool trip. If I do it again, it has to be with someone super freaking cool, you know, because it's like a long trip and, and it could be really fun, you know? So I, I came to LA and then it was just a matter of figuring it all out on my own because I knew nobody out here. I only knew the one girl and her and I are still friends. Um, she ended up, her journey ended up going in a different direction. She ended up getting married, having kids, you know, she has a beautiful family. Her husband is in the entertainment industry, but she ended up kind of stepping away from it to be a mom and stuff like that. But she still lives here and she lives a little far, farther away, but we stay in touch and she's a great person, you know, uh, but she was the only person I knew out here. I knew nobody else. I had to figure everything out on my own, you know, and you figure things out on your own, but by, li- by talking to people, by, you know, you come out here, you, you, you need to do extra work. You need to do extra work as non-glamorous as you think it does not sound, um, extra work. I learned a lot doing extra work because if you really pay attention, you're just not sitting there, um, in between takes, just waiting to be called. You want to sit there and you want to pay attention how the cast works how the crew works how movie making works you know um if if you get the opportunity to be on a movie set or a tv show you want to pay attention so that's what i did uh doing extra work and i had jobs in the entertainment industry you know i became a studio tour guide at universal studios i got to talk about movie and 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 being the tour guide at universal studios was super cool because that was my college that was like my my education into this world of cinema because you have to be knowledgeable and you have to know how the cinema and, and movie making and all that stuff works in order to talk about it 
So it was like going through school, uh, you know, I had to learn a big script, but I also, at the same time, I had to learn about the entertainment industry and how it, and, and every single person that worked in front and behind the camera and how it all worked and, and, you know, about movies and about history and, and all that stuff in order to be a tour guide at Universal Studios. And I had to learn it both in English and Spanish. Wow. I mean, I was, I was saying things in Spanish that I never even knew, like I, I, that were not even in my vocabulary. <laughs> I didn't know that a soundstage, because, you know, I, I, I didn't grow up in Miami uh, talking about sound stages. Okay. you know. I learned out here that a soundstage is, is called in Spanish, un foro de sonido, mm. you know? So, like, movie terms in Spanish. So, like, I'm, so I could tell you that I'm bilingual in the movie industry, in both <laughs> English and Spanish. It's like, it's, you know, I have a library in my head, because I've not since I started to now it's I've been doing it for so long I've been talking about it for so long but then I started doing it you know too I started my journey in in LA um, as an actor you know because that's what I knew most I you know was always acting and all that stuff but in Miami also wrote and directed theater so I also have that background right but I came out here started with the acting kind of figuring it out how the whole acting world worked in Los Angeles California you know doing taking all the steps people told me to take in order to, to, you know, to book things, you know, to, to, you know, to get representation, to book things or whatever. I did, I took all the steps. I even did, I did theater in, in, in LA uh, for a long time, bilingual theater, Spanish and English. And, and I, I took all the steps and I did very well as an actor. You know, I booked a lot and uh, especially with commercials and industrials. And I, was, I made a good money. I bought my very own car brand new car with the money that I made as an actress you know but then theatrically the few auditions that I would go to I started noticing a trend Hmm. because I happen to be Latina I would only I would only be put in this square as a Hispanic you know actress and I feel like as an actor if you know if you're very well-rounded and stuff you have you know you know, you have to have a look, of course, that you could play different things. But I come from the character world, too. I love character acting. Yeah. Right. And I come from theater, you know, where in, in Miami, I was I was uh, I, I performed at the Actors Playhouse in a show called Anne of Green Gables. Mm. Like you would you think that a, a Latina, a Hispanic girl would be in a show called Anne of Green Gables? Probably not <laughs> if it was here. But I was cast in that show <laughs> and, and, I, and I was, you know. You know, I was in the show and, and, you know, and I didn't think anything of it because I'm an actor, you know, um, and, and you do your work to play your role. Right. So I never thought any of, of it until I came to Los Angeles, California. And I noticed how, you know, how typecast and stereotyped it was. You know, you're put in a little box if you're Latino, this, that. And then the few roles that exi- existed for Latinos would be like the stereotypical roles, you know, the the gangbanger or the girlfriend of the gangbanger or the highly sexualized type you know or, or you know the, the stereotypical right. latino maid you know roles right and it's like i wasn't cool with that i wasn't right. cool with that because it's like i'm an actor that's you know i like range you know i i like challenge i want to get deep into a character you know i come from theater you know, um, how, how could I do TV and film and just be stuck in this, in, in a, this, you know, nothing wrong, by the way, with any of those roles, nothing wrong with playing a maid, nothing wrong with playing any of, of the roles, um, you know, that I mentioned, but being categorized 
because you happen to be, you know, of a certain group being categorized into like just playing those specific roles all the time, that does not make sense to me, you know. Right. That wasn't fun, you know. And at the time, um, I remember Universal Studios was having like a little film festival. And some of my director friends that are my fellow colleagues, um, they were going to be making little movies, you know, to, to put in the festival. And I wanted to be a part of it. You know, some of them would actually want me to act in their films and all stuff, but I wanted to be part of it, you know, in, in, in a different way. And then one of my fellow filmmaker friends told, encouraged me, said, why don't you just make your own movie? Mm. And it kind of freaked me out because I'm like, I've never made a movie before, <laughs> you know? And I would talk to these filmmaker friends of mine and they're telling me about all the technicalities that they deal with. And I come from theater. I, I've directed tons of theater, but theater is completely different uh, to directing than TV and film is, you know? It's very technical, you know, that now you're dealing with lighting and lenses and angles and, you know, a lot of different things, you know, it's, it's very technical. And, and I used to have long conversations with my director friends to kind of understand what their process was like. And when then one of them challenged me and said, why don't you just do your own movie? Then I'm like, you know what? Okay, fine. I'm going to do my own movie. And I just had to figure it out on my own. So I got my girlfriend the one that studied filmmaking in Boston, <laughs> my only one friend that I knew when I moved out here. And she jumped on board to help me out. And it was literally just her and I behind the camera. And I was also acting in this movie. Um, and I made it to, I, I wanted to make it simple since it was my first movie. And since I come from a flamenco dancing background, I called it the dance of death. The whole storytelling is told through dancing and body language. Mm. It's only two characters, me and then this other guy. And, and I made it very visually artistic and stuff. And I'm like, man, if this movie sucks, it's not, I'm not turning it into, I'm very picky with that. Right. Kind of stuff. I'm very hard on myself and I'm very picky. If this movie sucks, I don't care if it's my first film, it's not going to be entered into this film festival, you know? But at least I'm going through the process, right? right? Pretty much my girlfriend, she helped me out, you know, behind the camera. And so here I am directing and like acting at the same time, you know, in this case, doing a lot of dancing, you know, and, and stuff like that and, and setting everything up, you know, and it's the best film school is just putting yourself through the whole entire process and doing everything and, and understanding everything and working also because, you know, by that time, I also worked behind, I not only worked in front of the camera as an actor, but I also worked behind the camera with several of my filmmaker friends, uh, helping them out as, you know, a, an assistant director or right. a PA or whatever, you know, so I had that knowledge too. You have to do it yourself. So we shot the film, then it came to time to editing and and my girlfriend had a Mac computer where she started editing it, you know, on iMovie and stuff like that. I never edited my life. And, she, and I thought that, you know, she would be the one finishing up with the edit and stuff like that. But then uh, it got complicated on her side of things and she couldn't finish it. And we had a deadline. Oh, yeah. and, and I'm like, oh, shoot. Okay. So then what ended up happening was I, had, I ended up buying a Mac computer and I ended up sitting down, you know, trying to figure out how to edit it. She would sometimes be on the phone with me, kind of like guiding me through, you know, telling me this is how you edit. But then like, it was really a trial and error of like you trying to do it on your own. You have to be, a, when you edit, you have to be super patient and kind of like, you know, understanding the cuts and all that stuff. The editor is the last person that tells a story they're a storyteller too you know I had to kind of like figure it out on my own uh, unfortunately I did not make the deadline for mm -hmm. that film festival but I did finish the movie which ended up being like 10 minutes long a short film right I, I was happy with it so I'm like okay this could go to a film festival so I ended up 
turning it into the LA Shorts Film Festival, which at that time, uh, the screenings happened in at the Arclight Cinema, which is, you know, a beautiful cinema here in Hollywood. And it made it into the LA Shorts wow. Film Festival. That was my first movie screening ever of my own film, right? And so I got to see it play on the big screen. And that is when I was like, wow. And that is when, you know, something struck me and I was like, okay, this is where I want to focus. You know, I want to focus behind the camera because being a storyteller behind the camera, writing, directing, producing your own content, I could make a difference not only for myself, but for a lot of other people because you become, you end up making a lot of friends out here and everyone goes through the same struggles, you know, you, right. especially if you're in the same community, you know, and we have the same conversations, you know, so it's not just me that's, that I'm like, oh my God, this is just happening to me. No, we all had the same conversations. So I'm like, this is a way of making a difference. You know, um, me writing my own stories and creating awesome characters for not only myself, but other people to play and, and we could have fun together. And, and, you know, so that's when I started focusing more on like the behind the scenes stuff, you know? Wow. That, that was amazing. And it actually made me so emotional because just the fact that you had so much faith and trust in yourself to just go out there and just do it and figure it out by yourself. Like sometimes I'm always like, I don't have anybody. I don't have family. I don't have this, but it just, it's so inspiring to hear you figure it out. And there's been many times where I've sat down and said, I'm a good writer. I should write something. And then I'll start writing or have a great idea. And I'll, then I just don't do it. Yeah. And it's like those things where it's like those little things that hold me back. And if anything, it's like, I know that I'm, I, I'm, I pride myself in being a go-getter and I do great things, but I love when I can have a conversation with somebody that like kind of puts a mirror in front of me to show me the things I'm not following through on. And I even told myself like this year, I want to write something really good and just make it short. And I have some great friends that are writers. Cause I'm like, I just want to give myself the opportunity to tell my story. Like I'm as an actress, always waiting in line to tell someone else's story, but I want to tell my own, like, you know, because I also come from a theater background and I'm obviously here from Miami too. I went to New World for our senior year. Like we had to write a one woman show and I did a one woman show. It was 30 minutes and it was my life on stage and my family got to see it. And it was so emotional for me because it was my truth coming out in a way that I have never expressed myself in my life. And it was about anxiety and about daddy issues and about divorce and about so much that is me. It was the first time that I felt artistically fulfilled as a human. It was like, wow. And I've just been thinking about that lately that there's so many times where I'm on set and it's like, okay, wait as an actress. And I have no problem waiting because I love being behind the camera, also watching, seeing how much fun, but the people that look like they're having the most fun are the directors. They look like to me, like they're having so much fun. Like they don't stop working, right? Like I love working and they're in it. Like they're in every scene. Like they're working every scene as me as an actor. I like, okay, go to your trailer, go do this. Yeah. You're so less involved and just seeing how much fun. Like I worked on a film with Elaine um, Del Valle, which she was also a guest on here. And she's also an amazing like woman bringing representation and also a filmmaker and actress. And when I was in her film, just watching her tell the story of her life and about, you know, you know, she, like she went through stuff as a, as a kid and it was a Me Too story and it was her way of like telling her Me Too story and it's called Me 3.769, which is there's 3 billion point seven six nine women in the world. So it's like me and everyone else. And it was a great story and it's gotten into so many festivals. And anyway, just watching her tell her story, I remember her getting the last scene and seeing her face and being like, 
this is so fulfilling to her. And I told her, I was like, you just, you just look so fulfilled. And so it's definitely something that I've been thinking about more, especially hearing you talk about it. It's like considering writing your own projects and, and making your own projects because then you can tell your own stories. But yeah. And don't think about it. Do it. Right. Don't talk about it. Do it. You know, if you talk about it, take action, do it. And you've done it. Yeah. It's not like you haven't done it before. You've done it. You know, there's nothing holding you back. Nothing holding you back, you know, and you don't have to write everything in one day. It could be a little bit on a daily, um, you know, basis and stuff. Something that stuck with me one time uh, was uh, I went to a film festival and I went to hear Sylvester Stallone talk, the film festival. And Sylvester Stallone said, write every day. Even if the, that one day you just wrote interior, bedroom, day, you wrote something, <laughs> you know, yeah. write every day, you know, um, so. And he's so inspiring because like he wrote his way into Hollywood and exactly. nobody wanted to give him a chance. He was, he, he was like, no, I am Rocky. And even when he wrote his own role, they were like, no, we want the script, but we don't want you in it. He's like, no, yeah. I, I refuse. And just that is super inspiring. You're so right. I love that. Yeah. So you're creating a voice for the Latino community. What made you want to stand up and make that happen? Obviously, I know that you had those auditions that were coming up that they were stereotyped, but it still takes a lot of courage to say, I'm going to make a difference. What were those steps and how has that been you carving out that, that path? Oh, going back a little bit also to the producing question, you kind of have to produce, you have to, you have no choice. You have to become a producer, right? You know, um, even if you don't want to be a producer, you have to become a producer when you're creating your own projects, right? So I had to become a producer and learn producing because I was creating my own projects. And then I just also ended up producing for other people too, you know, projects that I believed in. But, you know, that's what ended up, ha you know, that's how I ended up also becoming a producer because you have no choice. You have to be a producer. You have, And you always should know that other side, you, you know, it's show business. I love when I hear that show business. Right. You don't be stuck in the show side. You have to know the business side. It's a business, you know, right. you have to know, you have to be very well rounded and know all of that. Um, the whole Latino filmmakers network thing started, uh, because I would go to Sun the Sundance Film Festival, which is one of my favorite film festivals here in the United States of America, the largest film festival in the U.S. A place where, where I go to not only like get inspired, but meet really cool people like me and, and, and you know, watch movies and all that stuff and connect with people and, and, and hopefully possibly future collaborators, you know, um, I, I've been attending the film festival for many years now. Um, and one time I stumbled upon a really cool organization called the Black House Foundation. Me and my girlfriend, we were just sitting there and we were wondering what it was all about. Uh, and then learning about the organization, you know, they, they help to promote and inspire and encourage and push Black filmmakers. And it was really nice how they've built that community. Why at Sundance? Because Sundance is a very important film festival and, and important people have come out of Sundance. Um, Robert Rodriguez, Quentin Tarantino, Steven Soderbergh, Ava DuVernay, Justin Simeon, Lena, Lena Waif. They've, had, they've all had projects at the Sundance Film Festival. Um, you know, so, so it's a really powerful festival in that sense. 
but a festival that also needs the Latino voice, right? More of that representation, which going as a filmmaker out there that happens to be Latina, um, I didn't see a lot of my community being represented out there, you know, whether it was through an organization or, or, or Sundance or anything, you know, um, and I thought it was really cool what the Black House was doing, you know, and, and, and how, how they, they've helped so many emerging Black filmmakers co- come out of there. Uh, so pretty much I had reached out to a couple name organizations that catered to the Hispanic community to see if anyone would be interested in, in doing something out there. And I was happily, gladly volunteering, you know, because I knew Sundance and how it worked and all that stuff. Nobody seemed to be interested, though. And, and I understand because if, if you're not like in my shoes or in our shoes as filmmakers or it's like okay so why is it that we need to be out there you know Mm. I understood it though I understood why we need a representation out there and a lot of my colleagues understand that too after getting a few no's I said could I curse yes (laughs) I said fuck it yes (laughs) fuck it you know someone has to do this uh I had another girlfriend of mine she jumped on board to help me out you know uh planet and and the first one uh that we did out there was more like a mixer mm-hmm. but like when we put the the invitation out there you know uh it blew up and people were very excited about it i was getting a lot of um of people messaging me saying finally you know something for latinos you know and it was great it was such a great event you know it was most it was mostly a mixture that first year uh but i came with you know i I told my my filmmaker friends in la give me your postcards let's put them up there to represent your films you know at at this mixer that we're doing uh you know uh we had trailers like playing on the wall of you know the location where we hosted it of like different uh you know films of different filmmakers that are you know colleagues here in Los Angeles, California. A lot of different people showed up, not only Latino filmmakers, but executives, you know, and agents, and like a lot of the the mix that you want to have there was there, you know, and and people got connected to very important people. I felt like there was an accomplishment, you know, something happened out of it, you know, and a voice started out of it, you know, and I'm the type of person that when I put my mind to something, I put my mind to something. I put my mind to that thing and I don't give up. People could be telling me, you're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to be able to do that. And along the process of doing this, I've had a lot of that, you know, and, and, and that's, I think a lot of people from the same community, you know, you're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to be able to do that, you know, but Hey, that's life. That doesn't only happen to me. It happens to everybody. People are always naysaying you telling you you're not able to accomplish something or whatever. Are you going to be listening to those people? Are they, are they the ones living your life? Are they the ones you have to believe in yourself too, you know, and in order to make a difference, you have to believe that you're able to make this difference. You know, the reason that I've got, I've gone through all this Latino filmmakers network thing and, and everything I've done is because of the voice inside of me that has not allowed me to give up on this, you know, on my community, on, on diversity, on inclusion, on, on the journey, you know, um, of representing different voices, you know, and I feel that 
you always have to visualize yourself climbing a ladder, you know, you're climbing that ladder. And, and as you're climbing that ladder, you're accomplishing things and you're learning things along the way. Because what I always say is that life is about learning, growing and evolving. And if you're not doing any of those three things, you're not living, you know, so that pertains to not only your life and your journey, but your career and your goals and everything, you know, so I do listen a lot to my little voice inside, you know, and, and sometimes I sit down and I'm like, Hey voice, where are you taking me? <laughs> what the hell is going on here? Like, what am I doing? Uh, and like, sometimes I can't even buy, believe that I even started this and that I'm doing this. It's so much, but like along the process, I've learned so much. It's kind of like, I love trying to figure things out. You know, I've, I've learned so much along the process of of, of representing a community and, and, and representing, you know, minorities and, and diversity uh, because I also get to interact with the important people behind the cameras, the, you know, the people that make the decisions, the, right. the agency, executives, and I get to listen to their side and I get to be compassionate for them and I get to understand where they are coming from too. You understand? Right. So, so you it, it's been an amazing journey i must say you know um uh doing this whole latino filmmakers network thing that started in 2015 and all that stuff and i just have nothing but a lot of drive and love and power as much as much love drive and power to continue pushing this as i do to continue uh telling my own stories and 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 and, and producing other people's stories you know um, so I'm very, very passionate about it. Um, I've become very passionate about it. And it's a, it's a lot of hard work. It is so hard to do this. So hard. Imagine. It's not easy. It is not easy. You, I mean, I know you, you told me that, you, you know, you follow me on social media and all that stuff and you love my posts and, it, and they're fun. Yes. Yes. You, I'm ha you know, you have to have fun and be happy and, and try to, you know, and, and, and try to live a great life. But behind all that fun and happy, happiness, there's a lot of hard work happening, right. you know, a lot of hard work, you know, a lot of struggle, a lot of a lot yeah. <laughs> of things, you know, um, it's not easy, you know, and, 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 and sometimes I, I, I do see myself, I'm like, I, I can't believe that I'm doing this. What led me to, the, to light and what led me to um, doing what I do and, and to having the strength to do what I do and to not fearing doing what I do was the darkness, right? There was a moment in my life and I was living already here in Los Angeles that I felt, I fell into a deep, dark hole, you know, a very deep, dark hole where, um, you know, I, you know, the, 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 the industry is very difficult. I was also in a very bad re toxic relationship you know, and like, I, I ended up falling into a very deep, dark hole. And I didn't know who I was anymore. You know, I, I was not my Lentalienes. I had no idea who I was, you know, um, I kind of had to find myself, I had to find myself in order to get to where I'm at right now. I had to find myself. There was a time that like I, you know, people would invite me out. I wouldn't go out. I stayed in my apartment the whole entire time. I was kind of just going inside myself and try to figure out, you know, how to get out of this darkness and try to figure out what my next step was going to be. And, and 
how does this industry work? What am I going to do? I mean, I moved out here to be in the entertainment industry, damn it. <laughs> you know, I moved out here to tell stories. And I know that's the right thing for me and that's the right path because that's what I feel inside. So what is it that I have to do to get there? And who am I, yeah. you know, after losing myself in this relationship and in all of this stuff that I just, you know, that I went through, who am I? I spent a lot of time with myself finding myself. And in that process, I did read a lot of inspiring books. I dug deep into my soul. I was telling myself, you know, I cannot have fear to be in this industry, you know, as a woman, you know, as, you know, I, I can't, I can't be fearful. Like, you know, your mind tells you one thing, your instincts tell you another thing, you know, I cannot let my mind dictate, you know, I cannot have my mind tell me stories, you know, that are not real. And that whole entire process, everything that I did was to better myself, to find myself, to understand what my purpose was. We all have a purpose on this earth and we all should find what that purpose is. And so I, that's where I started learning about meditation and clearing of the mind, you know, connecting with my soul so my soul could lead me to the right place. Putting out there, affirming what it is that I wanted and who I wanted to be in order to feel powerful enough to be able to go on this journey that I have to be on in, in order to accomplish all these things that, are, you know, that I'm accomplishing right now, plus all the things that I wanted to accomplish. But in order to do that, you have to know who you are and you have to find yourself. And I don't know if you'll understand what I'm about to say right now. I don't know if many people will understand because I, I think you, you understand it if you go through it. I did a lot of work on myself and there was a moment that I felt like I just awoke. Hmm. I feel like I live a life, but I'm awake. I'm aw I've been awoken. It takes the darkness to wake you up if you want that to happen in your life. Some people are not able to handle the darkness. Some people end up, you know, getting into drugs or alcohol or doing things that might hurt them. In your weakest moments, you have to find that strength. Yeah. And you have to find that strength and that and that thing that will lead you to waking up. And I felt like there was a moment that something just snapped mm -hmm. after all this work that I did. Something just snapped and I felt like one day it was just like I awoke. And my mind was clear. I'm not saying that I don't, like, you know, I'm, I'm still a human being. I still go through emotional situations. I still, you know, th th there's things that you still deal with, deal with. Sometimes you fear things still and stuff like that. But I'm not the person that I was before. I'm not. You know, I, I, I became more fearless. I, I, I became much more stronger. I felt like I became like a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, boom, here's my outfit. I'm ready to fly, you know? And I guess because this is my life, you know, this is my life. I have nothing but good intentions, you know, for what I do and what I do for others. You know, I believe in not hurting yourself and not hurting others. I believe in karma. A couple books that I read, The Four Agreements. I don't know if you've ever read The Four yeah. Agreements. So good. Um, and uh, by Don Miguel Ruiz, uh, which, you know, uh, that was a very powerful book. I, 
another book that I absolutely love. Um, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Russell Simmons, mm-hmm. uh, but there's a book that he wrote, one of his first books called Do You? Do, do You? I, I love that book. Yeah. Russell Simmons, Do You? Do You, okay. I read that book m- multiple times. You and is know, that kind um, of like putting yourself first or something like that? Um, it has to do a lot of, uh, with you know, he's Russell's a lot into like meditation and all that stuff. And, and he talks also about the industry cause he's in the industry, oh. but I want you to read it. So you, okay, I'm gonna put and, him and then, list. and then we'll talk about it, you know, um, but, but do use another great book and, um, the Dalai Lama, mm-hmm. uh, the art of happiness. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of the art of happiness. I haven't actually. Well, what you need to know mostly about uh, if, if you want to, if you want to get to the um, bottom of the art of happiness, pretty much what it all comes down to is compassion. Mm. The art of happiness is compassion. So it's something that, you know, I started practicing being compassionate towards right. others, being more compassionate towards others, towards myself, you know, no matter. Compassionate who, in sense, like. Not como empathy, but compassion in the sense of like, like understanding the other point, the other point of view. Like maybe you don't agree with somebody, maybe like you don't understand a person, maybe they're different or whatever. But we're all different, you know. Kind of like be compassionate about it. Then you know, I, I did all of that stuff, but then I got back into acting classes too, mm. and I studied out here uh, with uh, someone I highly recommend, mm-hmm. uh, a professor called Howard Fine. And, and, Howard and he, he's, he's amazing because, you know, not only did I feel like I learned so much about acting, but in the classes, I also felt like learning about acting. I learned more about directing and about screenwriting and all that stuff. But he, he gets very like, you know, he talks a lot and he gets very like psychological and spiritual and, you know, he's very passionate about teaching. And I, for me going to acting class, after everything that I went through was like therapy. That was like my therapist. I was so happy to be back in those acting classes. I would sometimes just sit there quietly and have tears in my eyes Mm because I was so happy to be there. It was just like a revival. So for me, you know, that was part of my therapy too, going through those acting courses. What is some of the best habits that you have in your life that you think that if other people were incorporated them in their life, they, they would benefit from it? changing the negative into positive Mm. you know life is not easy you have to keep in mind that even the the person that you know the the girlfriend or the celebrity or whoever it is that you admire that you think have a great has a great life everyone goes through something nobody has a perfect life humans usually love to live on drama i find Mm, yeah (laughs) i don't like living on drama I like writing drama, but I don't like living on drama. I mean, but I leave the drama to the scripts. But you change the negative to positive. And as an artist, I say we always have the best gift ever because we are artists. And it's easy for us to change the negative into positive because we put that into our work. Right. So anything that happens around me, if it's negative, I always think about how could I change this and make it a positive? You know, how could I put it incorporated into my work? as an artist, you right. know, so that has given me a, a nice perspective on, on life and like, on just like living and all that stuff. But- also what you said about like bringing it into your work, because I feel like that is almost how like artists have therapy. It's like 
their therapy. Exactly. Bringing in like a breakup. I know like I did that in theater school was like a breakup that I had. And I was able to use that as like a reference when I had to do a scene with somebody it was like, and then after I did it, it was like, oh, wow, that was so therapeutic. Or when I wrote my one woman show and did it in front of my family members that the show was kind of actually about our life and them seeing it, it was like, it was finally like, you have to see me. You have to hear what I have to say. Like my voice is going to shine in this, my feelings, because you have to watch me. You're sitting in the audience and I'm performing for 30 minutes. It's almost like it's that therapy. It's a time where you can let out your voice and let it be heard. So I think that's awesome how you said that, how you can use that as your as our therapy and breaking it from a positive to a negative, I mean, from a negative to a positive. Right, right. Just living life as if like tomorrow is your last day because you you, we never know when our last day is going to be, Right. you know? So I want to make sure that like I'm doing what I love. I'm following my heart and I'm living happily. Right. until the, the very end you know so that's the way that I live right yeah and I love that I've actually been listening to Tony Robbins a lot while I go for a run um instead of like music I'm like you know, let me listen to Tony's talk and he talks about how so many people can be successful you can be the wealthiest man or you can have success but he says success without fulfillment is like nothing it's like it's like you can become successful but if you're not fulfilled like if you get to, so many people will succeed and they will accomplish their goal and then they get there and they're like, that's it. He's yeah. like success without fulfillment is literally like just, it, I forget what he says it is, but I think it's like, it's a waste of time or it's like the ultimate failure is not having fulfillment. And like, he says that he lives half of his time in Fiji and he goes and he wants to help those people there. And like, they're the poor, like super poor, but they have joy. They have, they have happiness. So it's like, even if he wants to give to them, it's like they have the ultimate gift, which is joy. And it's like, he talks about how there's like this Holocaust guy that, you know, went through all of the Holocaust and left and, you know, he still was able to find joy in that darkness. And I think he talks about how that being like the greatest thing is to just always find that fulfillment and whatever you do, just find that fulfillment and find that joy. Cause it's like, even the wealthiest man might not have that fulfillment or that joy. Yeah, Thank and the key, awesome. I, I highly agree with that. And but the key in the end is, and that's up to every sin, that's up to you individually. The key is to to be able to fulfill what your heart desires, to follow your dreams, even if no matter the struggles, you know, because you could be struggling, but you're following your dreams and you're the happiest person in the world, right? You know, because you're doing that. How many people end up not following their dreams, doing whatever it is that they're doing, making maybe a lot of money, but they're not 100% happy or fulfilled, Right. you yeah. know? So yeah, that, that's, what, that's what ends up making you super rich inside, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because you're doing what you love. And if, like you said, like if you would have went and gone to medical school or whatever, if you would have done all of those things, it's like, yeah, you would have had the stability, but you would have not had that that passion, that love. And I think even when we're afraid, like for me, when I do go to New York or when I do go out and I, I push myself and, you know, like I don't give myself enough credit because I do push myself, but I'm always like, there's more, there's more I can be doing. I could be doing more. All right. So let me go ahead and ask you this question. What is advice you would give your younger self or anyone that wants to follow in this entertainment industry's footsteps? What would you tell them? 
I wish I knew everything I know now when I was younger, mm. <laughs> you know, um, I see, you know, now um, people, filmmakers that are much younger than I am and, and they're doing things that I did not do when I was like, you know, um, in my 20s or whatever, because I didn't know. I had to figure everything out on my own. I would put my younger self through meditation classes, through mm. affirmations, through clearing of, of the mind, through having a, a, a very healthy and strong spiritual soul in order to be able to survive everything ahead of me, you know, as a woman, as an entertainer, as life. That is something that if I had like a child, I would make sure that they would they would be prepared to live on this earth. Again, life is not easy. In the end, everyone has to figure it out on their own, including that child of yours, you know, because you're not only surviving in life, you're survive, trying to survive in the entertainment industry. This is like the toughest industry in the world. Right. <laughs> you know? It's, so it's not hard. an easy industry. So you really have to be, you have to push yourself. You can, you know, you cannot, you cannot be dependent on other people. You can't, you can't depend on anybody. You can't depend on your parents. You can't depend on a boyfriend. You can't depend on a friend. You can only depend on yourself. Right. You know, the only person that's going to push you is you. And you just like, and, and this, my, this thought goes through my mind on a daily basis. Sometimes there's things that I don't even want to do, but I tell myself I have to do it, even though I don't want to do it because I have no choice. If I don't do it, then I'm not going to get myself uh, from A to B. You know, no matter what, it doesn't have to be only in the, you know, pursuing your, your path or entertainment industry. It could be anything in life. You just have to, you have to do things on your own. You have to push yourself to, to learn, to do things on your own. It's important to be independent because that's how you also, that's how you're not like, you're, you're not a crutch, you know, on somebody else. Right. You're not relying on somebody else. You have to, you, in life, you kind of have to rely on your own because you never know Who's going to be there with you to, to, to the end? Your parents are going to not be there for you forever, you know? Um, and, and, you know, th their ideas might not match your ideas when it comes to living, right? You have to create your own way. I, I also, since I was a young girl, I also very, I thought as a young girl, this is something that I thank God for. I've always been very independent thinking, you mm -hmm. know? I, I always kind of knew that. I always felt that inside of me when I was young, not, not depending on anybody else, just being independent in that sense. Even if I'm in a relationship, you know, even if I'm married, also having, you know, thinking independently, you know, because you never know, you know, you can't predict what the future is going to bring. Right. Mm -hmm. You, but in the end, you're, you always have to, you're going to always have you, you know, and it's like, how, what are you going to do to survive? What are you going to do to be happy? The thing I did was throw away society rules. Right. I, threw, I threw away the rules of society. Society expects you to be, especially as a woman, you have to do this, you have to do that. You, you, you have to have a family by this age. You have to be, you know, there's a lot of ageism, you know, also when it comes, when it comes to things that pertain to women, you know, um, and, and, or, or, or as a woman, you have to, you know, whatever it is, you know, if you if you come from a more conservative background, you know, um, maybe not, you know, uh, serving a man or, or, or maybe not pursuing your own path or whatever, right? 
any rules that society seems to put out there for you, you have to throw that away. You have to live your life. Yeah. Because you don't, you know, you just have to be confident and, and work hard for the future. You have to work hard for the future, even though, you know, um, you cannot think too far ahead. If you think too far ahead, of course, you become very anxious and stuff like that because you never know what's going to happen. Right. All I know is that for myself, I don't like living with regrets. I've taken many risks in life. You know, sometimes they sometimes they work. Some many times they don't work. You know, but at least I did it. Okay. Right. I don't want to come to a time in my life that I'm like, oh man, I regret that I didn't do this or that. I did it. Yeah. It worked. It worked. It didn't work. It didn't work. But I did it. You know, and and at least I could live fulfilled, and I could live at peace with myself because at least I know that whatever happens in the future for me. I worked my ass off yeah. and I, and I was a great, and I was a good human being and I was good to other people. And, you know, I worked my ass off. I'm a decent person, you know, to not like in the future be having guilty feelings of like, Oh my God, I was such a terrible person or, Oh my God, I, I didn't work hard enough to accomplish this. No, no, no. At least everything that I do, I do with a purpose and, and whether it works out or it doesn't work out, at least I know I did it, you know? So that's, that's the way that I live. I love that. I love that so much and very insightful and very inspiring. Okay. So let's go ahead and move on to our word game. So our word game is simple. I'm just going to say a word and then we can talk about it, whatever that word means to you. Um, I want to talk about what does the word faith mean to you? So obviously you had to have some kind of faith. You talked a little bit about spirituality. What is that for you? What is, what does faith mean to you? I think that it is important to believe in something. You know, I grew up, um, Catholic. I went to private school all my life. Um, so I would go to church and all that stuff. I never ended up finding a, a connection, really, like just going to church mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff. During my dark moments when I was trying to find my spirit again, I tried and I, I didn't find anything. What, what, you have to find what works for you. What ended up working for me was um, church ended up becoming, nature is my church. Mm-hmm. And love is my religion. That's how mm-hmm. I see it. But I feel like I believe in God. Yeah. And I feel like God is inside of each and every one of us. Mm-hmm. I believe God is in everybody, you know, um, and I believe in angels and in, I believe in guiding spirits, you know, and I believe, yeah, that there's maybe something out there, mm-hmm. even if we don't know a hundred percent about it, but that belief also helps you get through life on a daily basis mm-hmm. because the other thing that I do that, that's, that, that I, I cannot live without, that I must do every single morning when I'm in the shower, I, every single morning when I'm in the shower, I, I do affirmations. Mm. You know, um, I'm, I do meditations, affirmations. I thank God for my life, for my spirit, for my journey, for my health, you know, for my family, for my dog, for my friends. <laughs> It's important to be grateful every single morning what I'm grateful for and what my intentions for the day is. Yeah. I say that every morning, you know, yeah. but what will never leave me 
since I did grow up in the Catholic faith and, <laughs> and, and in the religion, I still pray. I still say Our Father, Hail mm-hmm. Mary. I still pray. Those prayers still stick. So I use them. But I feel like I've adopted a little bit of like different religions because in the yeah. end, religion should be about love. You yeah. know, that's what I, religion should be. I feel like mankind has fucked with that shit. You yeah. know, and they, yeah. they do all these things that, you know, just, you know, uh, gear it in, in, in what it shouldn't be, you know. But religion should be about love. You know, yeah. our religion should be, religion in general should just be love. Yeah. So, and I feel that like, I, I totally agree with you about it being about love. And even when you said compassion, like I, I have this, I'm not really, I don't really say I'm anything, but sometimes people will say like I'm Christian. Um, Cause I go to like a non-denominal, mostly Christian based church. But for me, what I find most, um, I don't follow like Christian rules. Like I don't like read my Bible or like sex before marriage, like all of those things that they do, like very hardcore. <laughs> I'm not, like that um i you know i've gone to christian like connect groups and things like that where all the girls are like <laughs> very like that and i'm just like nah that's not me you know i didn't grow up like that but what i do associate with is that love right like that yeah. that that even when i you know i'll i do practice meditation and today after my run like i'll run a little bit and i stop and then i put in my earphones and i meditate first and then i go into prayer and meditation is just like clearing my mind and then i go into prayer and for me it's just like i'll listen to christian music because for me like those songs really i feel like they're like they just connect me in a better way i love music and it allows me to like oh yeah definitely and today when i was meditating like it's like meditation slash prayer like it's just a time where i can really connect to source or god or the universe or whatever people like to call it and it's for me it's like i get a lot of visions and insight and a lot of um more than anything love like it's just like my time to just be filled with love and like energy and he tells me like I love you you're my daughter like be confident like love others be a light like continue being a lighthouse like he loves that I have this podcast like he's the one that told me like to get a podcast like so I feel like anytime I'm lost it's like I just need to pray like I just need to go in my room and cry it out and be with God and like him tell me like everything's okay I have a plan for you like you know, and I think that that's why for me is like my faith has been like I look back at my life when I was auditioning when I was a little kid or just even like same. I had a very similar childhood, just like playing pretend or just that escapism. I think about all the times that I was in darkness and how I always had this inner light. And I think of it and I'm like, that was him like that or her or whatever. Like that was that light with me. And I just yeah. I just love that. I love I love that light. And I think like you said, like God is in everyone. I see that too. And the fact that you said that, that he's in everyone, I think that everyone is the, as much as I receive that love from him. And I know that he loves me so much. I know that he loves everyone just the same. And for me, that's humbling. Cause I never think I'm better than I'm always like that homeless person. God loves him. God knows him. That's his son. He's just as great as you are. He can just do as amazing things as you can. And that's what like compels me to stop and like talk to them and understand who they are and what's their story and who are they and just like leave them with light, like knowing like, hey, like you're awesome, you know? And I don't, I I don't agree with religion too, where it's like shoved down people's throat because a lot of times it's very, 
um, like putting you in a box and making you be something that you're not and making you feel like you're not worthy and you're, you're awful. And it's all of these rules. And so that is where I have those issues, you know, but I think if you just listen to the message of most religions, like you said, it's love at the end of the day, just love people. Cause who are you to judge? Who are you? You're nobody. Like my grandmother goes, la tierra más importante que yo, and I walk on it every day. Like the earth is better than I am, and I walk on it every day. And I love that because it's like, I'm nobody. And even when I am somebody, if, you know, whatever, like when Oscars, whatever, I'll still be just the same as anyone else. And I think that that's so important to just stay grounded. Of course. In that, you know? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay, cool. Yeah, mu- music, yeah. by the way. Yes. Music yes, is very. Music. I start off my day with music too, you know, after my affirmations and stuff, well, before starting work and all that stuff, I have to listen to music because yeah. music is, you know. It's holy and it's like, and anybody can under, it's like music is like a different language, you know, it's like a different language. It's sometimes you don't even have to talk and it just talks for you. And it doesn't matter what you listen to, you know, but that's the universal beauty of, about music you know yeah. um yeah you connect with something you know yeah. and it and it, it makes you forget about things too yeah so yeah what does the word success mean to you success um accomplishing accomplishing what you worked hard for um i i feel like success uh, a lot of people measure success in different ways. They think, oh, you're successful if you're making X amount of money or this and that. No, not necessarily. You don't have to be making X amount of money to be successful. You're successful by taking steps. Hmm. I'm successful because I moved out here and I, I, I made the, the, the step to go follow my dreams and, and follow that journey. And then every, I, I feel like every single step that I've taken towards that journey has been successful because I've taken the step, you know? So you are successful in every single step that you have taken to pursue your dreams and to, and to, and to pursue your reality, to be who you are and, that, and, and, and anything and everything that makes you happy. That is success, you know? I feel like that's success in, in, in general, you know? Right. Um, just knowing that you were able to accomplish Right. And that you did it on your own, you know? Right. What does the word purpose mean to you? Purpose. Um, purpose is a powerful word because we all have a purpose. Everyone has a different purpose. And purpose is part of your journey. It's part of a person's individual journey. I love that. Okay. Um, so this is another word that I want to ask you. It's diversity. Um, because I know that you're also a judge at the cons. So you do diversity. You're a judge. How, I, we didn't get to talk about that, but what does that word mean to you, diversity? And yeah, whatever, whatever you want to talk about, diversity. Diversity means inclusion. And mm-hmm. it means um, different colors, different backgrounds, different cultures, you know, coming together as one. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's kind of sad that we have to push diversity in, in, in the entertainment industry, which is the most important thing to do because people educate themselves. 
by watching TV and film. Some people don't go out, they don't travel, they don't read books, they don't explore, they don't connect with people. So they see TV and film and that's a way, a form of, of educating themselves, you know? So when you see one color the whole entire time and then you see other colors being portrayed as, speci as, as specific things the whole entire time, then people are gonna be thinking, oh, you know, black people are these types of people. Latinos are these types of people, you know? Right. Um, so that is why it's so important to push diversity and inclusion in, in, in storytelling because storytelling is international. Everybody watches TV. Everybody watches a movie, you know? You could, you know, you, you might like a different type of movie. You know, everyone has a different type of taste and genres and all that stuff. But you'll watch something, you know. So you want your project to look like the world looks. Mm -hmm. And the world is diverse, you know. Uh, so it's a very powerful thing. It's unfortunate that we have to push it in such way that we have to say, oh, hi, we're Latinos and we're not just gangbangers. We're also... <laughs> educators and we're also doctors and all that stuff right um or or hey we, we exist you know and as latin as a latino community we're also very diverse because we come from the whitest of whites to the darkest of blacks you know in the end it's like you would think oh we're just all humans why are we why is this even a conversation why are we talking about color why are we talking about race? Why are we dividing ourselves through color or race or culture or because I'm Cuban and you're Mexican and you're Puerto Rican and you're Colombian, you know, why are we dividing each other? You know, yeah, we grow up in different cultures and we might have, you know, we might have a few differences, but there's also some similarities, you know. It's nice to see you being portrayed in TV and film. You know, right. uh, because I remember growing up, I, I love American cinema. That's, you know, we grew up watching, uh, you know, I grew up watching a lot of, 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 of TV and film. And, and the majority of the, 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 the um, entertainers that I loved were Caucasian because that's what they were, you know, the majority, you know, that's who they were. And I still love them. You know, I, I'm, you know. I have nothing against any particular race or anything. You know, I, I treat everybody equally, you know, and, and I think everyone should be treated equally. But uh, in this case, I just happen to be Latina. So since I happen to be Latina, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing my, my, com my Latino community forward to try to educate others about the Latino community because it, all it takes is education, that's all. Right. You know, um, all it takes is education, you know? That's what I feel we need to do. We need to educate others about our community, right? But in the end, I'm all about diversity and inclusion. This is why I also do the New Normal Reading Series and, and, and we support uh, diverse voices, you know, uh, to show people that it's not also not only about diversity and inclusion, but it's also about great work, right. having great work out there, you know? It's not, it's not like, oh, okay, you have to have a Latino or, or, or a Native American or somebody, you know, of a different color in your, in your production, but you want to have someone who's talented too, right. you know? Um, but, but showcase 
what the world looks like. And I have this conversation with a lot of filmmakers on a daily basis that are not even that that are also not Latino. Usually they're white and they're, they're male. And 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 I you know I and I tell them I, I make sure that they know that okay you know make sure that your your movie is diverse you know um, because usually the people that think about diversity are the minorities. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, but yeah, you know it just again it just takes education and it takes on the other side someone who's open minded enough to be able to to give a hand and and to help someone that's a minority or to be inclusive and, and, and showcase that. That is something that I've been pushing for for years out here. That's Hollywood. awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much. So I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me. I mean, you are amazing. I felt so inspired the whole conversation and felt so like, oh my God, I need to like look at myself in the mirror and make sure that I'm dreaming bigger and taking bigger actions. And thank you so much for representing Latinos. Thank you so much for being courageous and to do all of the amazing things that you're doing for our community and just inspiring other people to do the same thing for their communities. Thank you so much. I, I really mean it from the bottom and of my heart. And thank you so much, Elizabeth, for having me on here and for doing this podcast, you know, <laughs> because you're putting your granito de arena también, you know, like out there, you know. Um, so, so um, your voice does make a difference, you know, whether it's with this podcast or as an actor or as a storyteller. And I hope that if anything, after this, after today, I hope that I get to hear from you again and that I get to and that you, you're you're telling me, oh, I wrote whatever it is that's inside of you that you wanted to write, you know, but um, I wish you much success. Uh, with everything and the best with everything and I can't wait to hear what it is that you're up to doing next thank you so much and then one last thing where can the listeners find you connect with you if they feel compelled to reach out and say hey listen to your podcast um you could social media you could uh social media you could uh uh follow latino filmmakers network on Facebook or at Latino Filmmakers on, on Instagram. My social media, my Len Calienes, it's private, but usually I accept people that, you know, are in the entertainment industry or we have mutual friends in common. Or you could email me, um, mylen, M-A-Y-L-E-N, at latinofilmmaker.org. Cool. cool. Thank right. you so much, <laughs> All righty. Thank you so much, too. And there you guys have it. That was my episode with Mylian. I hope you felt inspired, motivated, thought-provoked, whatever emotions that came up. I hope you enjoyed it, really, from the bottom of my heart. And I hope that you've been enjoying the other episodes that have come out. Thank you guys for supporting this podcast by sharing it with a friend, by tuning in. It truly means so much to me. And I want to make sure that I'm staying connected with you guys. So be sure to follow me on social media, on Instagram. It's Elizabeth underscore underscore Danielle. I'd love if you reach out to me and just let me know any feedback that you're having with the podcast, whether you love it, whether you want to hear a specific person, whatever it is, I just want to make sure that I'm engaging with you guys. Till next time, guys, keep on shining.